Houston, we are go for launch in T-minus 30 seconds. Every day I become a better operator, whatever it is, and it happens. Why? Because I don't take time off. We are green on all engines, sir. I only knew one way, and I knew the right way. Initiating launch countdown. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 3, 2, 1. The Service Rocket Podcast has good liftoff. Welcome to the Service Rocket Podcast, hosted by Victor, the Rocket Man Rancor. Please enjoy the ride. All right, everybody, welcome to the Profits of Rocket Podcast. I'm your host, Victor Rancor. This is episode number nine. I got an exciting guest on here. We're stepping outside of the home service space and stepping into you know what we all want to get into eventually, right? We work hard. We want to find a great way to invest money. And this guy's done it better than almost anybody in the country. Uh, Mr. Brandon. Brittingham, is that how you pronounce it, correct? Brandon, welcome to the podcast. So Brandon is a serial entrepreneur, uh, real estate investor, um, and he helps other people just like you, um, you know, regular people that are able to help invest with Brandon and hopefully make a nice return on it. So Brandon, uh, welcome to the episode. Thank you, man. Appreciate you having me. Awesome. So, you know, obviously I met Brandon through Apex, and if you guys aren't part of Apex yet, you guys should definitely look into it. Uh, it's a group that, you know, rent. Started by Ryan Stuman, but ran by a bunch of great people, uh, including Brandon. He's actually part of Apex Investors. Uh, so if you guys haven't checked that out, you should go ahead and check it out. So I met Brandon. I heard a little bit of his story at Apex Live, and I thought, man, my listeners really need to uh, see what this guy's doing and see if there's any possibility uh, to work with you. So you want to kind of touch base on a little bit what you do, and we'll go from there. Yeah, so I'm uh, in the real estate space. Um, we've got around 20-ish trade lines of business. Uh, most of them are all real estate related. Uh, I got into real estate initially just from a standpoint of wanting to invest in real estate. And kind of like you know the home service side, I just saw there were so many things that were wrong with the real estate transaction that I started building businesses around them. And uh, I quickly learned that you can get rich selling houses, but you get wealthy owning them. And anything that I studied about wealth, it, it all circulated around owning real estate. So I started to invest in real estate for a while. I got to a level where I felt was like a mastery level. Once I got to that point, then what I started to do was open it up to let other people invest with me. So that's kind of really high level, um, but almost any business around selling a house, we own a company around it. Awesome. So let's say as far as the transaction side, are you guys working as a, as a bank on the bank side as well, or how does that work? Yeah, we're in the mortgage space as well. Yes. You're in the, okay. And what is, which company are you, um, are you like kind of a third party to that or are you actually you know operating as the bank? Um, so we've got a couple of different verticals. We do investor loans. We do, if you're just a homeowner, you want to buy a house, uh, we can do a loan for you. And then we actually are in private money lending too, where we're actually the bank, uh, where we actually help lend on private money deals. And then we raise money through different syndications and things that we do too. So pretty much almost every vertical of the money side too. Awesome. So that's only in real estate, not like, hey, I got a great business and we're looking to put money behind it. Are you guys in that space or strictly in real estate? No, just real estate. I mean, the thing about it is that I think that 
one of the things a lot of entrepreneurs do, and we're obviously in a lot of different things, but it's all around something we know really well. And I think the mistake that a lot of entrepreneurs make is they go chase a bunch of shiny objects and they don't keep the main thing, the main thing. So for us, uh, a lot of the stuff that we do is just always centered around a real estate transaction, which is what we know we're good at. Awesome. So, you know, obviously you said you studied in the real estate, you know, how did you like kind of get your foot in the door? Like, was it, you know, what did you jump in and make an investment first and then kind of figure it out? Or did you have some mentors that kind of led you and started kind of teaching you what you know now? So I initially got my real estate license just to invest in real estate. And the first transaction that I had um, before I got my real estate license was so bad that it made me get my license, right? And then so when I got my license, the one thing that I thought was there would be this kind of secret society of all these people who invested in real estate that had their license. And it was actually quite the opposite. Uh, most people, for the most part, that are in real estate and licensed don't invest in real estate, which makes no sense to me. So um, what, what kind of happened was I so when I got in and I also saw there was a lot of things about the real estate transaction that I thought was archaic. It wasn't based around service. It wasn't based around technology. So kind of I built two businesses at the same time. I built, you know, this investment side while building out the retail side. So a lot of it was trial by fire. Um, and then, yes, I did have some good mentors. But then early on, I learned the importance of getting in the right rooms, going to masterminds, spending money to get training, spending money to get the right coach. And uh, I was able to compress time faster by doing those things. Nice. And obviously, if you guys aren't listening, I know it's it's difficult, right, to first it's difficult to find a coach, but, you know, it's also difficult to, you know, when you're starting out and you're running your business to, you know, put out, take that money and put it out into coaching and stuff like that. I feel like a lot of guys get nervous because they just they don't have as much money. What would you say to a guy that's like, you know, hey, do I should I go buy it? Should I go get a coach or should I just keep you know plugging along and hopefully one day I'll have some, enough money to do it? Well, the so the most valuable commodity we we have, and this is overused and cliche, but it's true, is time. And the investment you can make into the right coach is going to help you compress time like a hundredfold. So I think that uh people look at it like they can't afford it but i don't necessarily think that that's always correct um and in my instance there was times when i truly couldn't afford it and i just figured out a way to pay for it and it paid me back in spades because um man you're, you're gonna make so many mistakes you're gonna have so many issues you're gonna have so much shit that you have to deal with and if you can get someone who's done it already and say, no, don't do this, this and this, and it's going to save you so much time and money. I mean, the coaches that I have, the return that I get from them, it's a fucking bargain. No, 100 percent. And, and I'm, I feel the same way. So like when I remember starting out my business, you know, I had an entrepreneurial seizure, didn't know shit about running a business. I didn't know shit about anything that had to do with business. I knew how to sell stuff. And I got to learn the hard way. I went, you know, I spent the first year, second year, just grinding day in and day out, 
not knowing what I was doing, I just kept just trying to build this thing. And I kept hiring more people and I created more problems and more problems. And I think it's, you know, sometimes, you know, we have that mindset, like it's hard for us to step out of our comfort zone and go ask for help. We feel weak. We feel like stuff like that. But the second that I finally said, hey, look, put your ego aside. You need help was the day that everything turned around for me. Like it turned around tenfold. And if you guys are listening to this, I don't think you guys understand. Like we all, we all want to act like we're self-made, but almost everybody you look up to had someone that guided them, had someone that gave them some direction, had someone that helped them along the way, because it's, it's hard, man. It's hard navigating business uh, without that mentor. So, I mean, obviously if you guys are listening, find someone, make sure it's the right guy. So, you know, Brandon, how did you go about vetting people? Like if you were going to go look for a coach, how would you go about vetting that person? So for me, what I did was I just looked at the most successful people that were in my verticals and I found out who was coaching them. So that's what I did. I found, you know, the people that were in the positions that I was that I wanted to be in. I found out what masterminds they went to, what rooms they were sitting in. And then I found out who was coaching them and I just hired their coach. And what do you, what would you say if someone's like, you know, maybe it's not, you know, the coaches are in the same vertical. I think a lot of people think like, oh, this guy has to be in the same vertical that I'm in now to be my coach. Have you gone out, have you gone out of the real estate bubble and got hired coaches in other aspects or you strictly got with guys that have been doing real estate for a long time? Yeah. I mean, that's a great question. So like, um, I know some really good coaches that their vertical that they became successful in. Uh, is not what they coach in, right? Because business is business. Like <clears throat> when you look at operating a business at a really, really high level, all the principles and the guidance and the shit that you need, it's pretty much uniform. And, you know, the thing about it is me coaching people, right? So I coach people inside of Apex, inside of Apex Executives, which is the highest level inside of Apex. A bunch of my coaching clients are in all kinds of different businesses and verticals, and uh, they all have the same problems, right? We all have the same problems in business, so it's not necessarily vertical specific. Obviously, it's going to help you going to someone vertical specific, but a good coach is a good coach, you know, and and that's really what is the the difference maker is just the right person. So, I mean, obviously you are, you know, you're operating at a really high level now. How do you feel like once you kind of get to, hey, you have some disposable income to get to the point where like, are you hiring coaches? Like, do you have like a, you know, a life coach, a business coach, or how do you go about that? Or is it all only one coach that you kind of operated with? No. So I've got a coach from my real estate, my retail, my retail side. I've got a coach um, on the investment side. The, re the real estate investment side. Um, I've got a coach kind of on social media marketing, all that kind of shit. And then I've got a fitness slash health life coach. So I've got four coaches right now. Yeah. And this is someone that's, um, you know, obviously you guys don't know Brandon, but he's a highly successful person and he's doing really well. And this guy is still investing at this, at this stage, investing in others, you know, that are coaching him and teaching him away. Cause he understands, like you said, depressing time to get where you want to go. So obviously, you know, you're right now, you're obviously uber successful. Your businesses are doing great. Your investments are doing great, but you know, 
how was it before you got into real estate? What were you doing? What, what obviously led you to that path to be able to get into this? So I just always had an affinity and an attraction to real estate since I was younger. And again, kind of like even at a young age, when I looked at like trying to understand how to build wealth, um, one of the things that I, I would always come up is real estate. So I just always saw it as a path to wealth since I was young. And so I always was drawn to it and had an affinity to want to get into it because I just some of the wealthiest people that I knew and all the research and education that I have found on people that were wealthy, it came from real estate. So what were you doing before? I mean, obviously you can't just jump into real estate. How did, how were you able to obtain the capital that was necessary to get into real estate? Were you, what kind of work were you doing before that? Well, so the reason why I was able to be successful in investing is because I, I was successful right away in real estate. Right. So I started off making a ridiculous amount of income pretty early in my career. But the thing about it is people think that real estate is difficult to raise capital and shit like that. And it's not. If you can find deals, there's so many people in this world that love real estate. They don't want to flip a house. They don't want to touch a hammer. They don't want to do a fix and flip. They don't want to do anything. They just want to put their capital in it and let it work. Right. So you yeah. got private money that's out there. You got people that have interest in real estate. So so when I was younger and I didn't have the capital, what I was able to do was I was always able to find deals. And, you know, very early on, I was making really good, really good income selling houses. Right. Yeah. So because I was able to find deals, everybody would always loan me money. And then once I, you know, did a couple of deals on my own, then the other side of it was I was able to go to the banks and start getting institutional money. And I mean, I mean, I was getting borrowing millions of dollars when I was young, when I was really young, um, because you know the one thing. These here's what you got to think about in business. The one thing you cannot buy is track record, right? You can yeah. buy leads, you can buy space, you can buy people, you can buy other companies. You cannot buy a track record. So very early on, I had already built a track record on, I knew how to spot a deal. I knew how to get into a deal. I knew how to exit a deal. And the thing about it is that people, people are scared to go after capital. And it's like people who have capital make capital by learning it to you. So yeah. once I learned that and I started asking, then it, it kind of got a lot easier, if that makes sense. Yeah, and I think I was, we were at Apex Live, and I'm listening to, I'm not sure what the, the girl's name on the stage was. I think she was like a 20-something-year-old girl that's doing real estate investment, I believe, or I, I think I was, I can't remember what her name was. And she's like, yeah, she started, she got into real estate investing at like 20 years old or 19 years old, and obviously borrowing other people's money. So, you know, if you are someone that's listening here, and they're like, man, because a lot of these guys, they might be technicians, they might be sales guys, they, they might be not even business owners. But they want to start investing. They want to go. They want to start having an opportunity to get into real estate. Uh, what kind of? What's like the average like startup capital? Or like what do you like? What are they looking for? Do you think? Or how do you? How would you go about finding someone to to do this with? So it's it's a couple of things, right? You got to figure out: Are you going to be passive? Or are you going to be active? Right? 
And, and the one thing that I suggest to people is unless you can do it, don't give yourself another job, right? So you got to make a choice. And are you going to be passive, which means you're going to put your money in something to truly be passive? Are you going to be active, which means you're going to actively work on that investment, right? So that's what you have to decide first. Most people who are in real estate at a high level make their income somewhere else and invest it in real estate passively, right? So there yeah. are a couple of things. You can invest in funds. That's what we do. We take people who want to be passive investors and we deploy their capital. If you want to be active, you just have to understand what that takes, which is it's going to take time. So that's what you have to define first, which route do you want to go, right? Then the other thing what I tell people is it's, you know, to not overcomplicate it, like think about when you were a kid, right, where you lived. If you would have just bought five or six houses, right, when you were a kid and you just held them to now, what would they be worth, right? Probably like, I don't know, seven to ten times like when you were a kid. Yeah. So what I tell people is you think you have to amass this crazy portfolio. You don't. Your best friend in real estate is time, right? So you could buy 10 houses depending on where you are in the country. One here, one there, and you just keep them. And one day you wake up with six to seven million dollars worth of real estate paid off paying you four to five thousand dollars per month per house right so people think that it's this huge barrier and it's super complicated and i gotta buy hundreds of properties and all this shit and it's really really not you just gotta decide am i gonna be active or i gonna be passive and you can be you can buy one property at a time have somebody else manage it and then just grow from there right so my biggest piece of advice is understand what you want to do. Do you want to be active? Do you want to be passive? Right. Understand what strategy you want to go for, because there's a thousand real estate strategies. Right. Probably one of the easiest strategies is go buy a single family house, turn it into a rental. Right. And yeah. then understand what type of capital you're going to need to work with. And just for simple purposes, you're going to need 10 to 20 percent. To put down right and then what your long-term goals are and understand it's a long-term play you're buying stuff to hold it for a long period of time and you just do one at a time you do one understand it move on to your next one move on to your next one so when you started out were you more active and you were the one you're finding the deals you were fixing them up what, what was that like when you were first starting out yeah so i was very active um, and I still am. I mean, I would consider myself an active investor for a lot of reasons. One, cause I manage other people's money. So I have to be in the middle of, of the deal of understanding what's going on. Um, but I do have a lot of passive investments too, of things I put money in and never touch it. So I'm both, but also real estate is my principal, you know, employment of what I do every day anyway. So it, it kind of fits into what I do as it is that makes sense so if you guys are listening you guys you guys heard it just you gotta first thing you gotta do is just take the leap right get into real estate you know obviously as early as possible and like like brandon saying that the time is not times is the most important part so if you go wait another five years to start or 
you know, what if it's someone like, hey, I'm just waiting, right? I'm waiting for the market to drop. Because I know for the last couple of years, everybody's like, the market's going to drop, the market's going to drop. And all that shit's done is gone up, you know, probably 25%, 30% in some cases. So what is your thought on that? Obviously, with, with all the things going on in the economy and, and obviously the uncertainty stuff, where, where are you at on that? So in any market, you can find a deal, right? You can always find a deal. It doesn't matter what the market's doing. Um, timing the market is no one knows how to do that, right? And yeah, do you want to buy when the market's at the absolute bottom and sell at the absolute top? 100%. But real estate data always lags. So when you get the actual data, it's actually giving you data that's in the past, right? So yeah. the reality of it is, is that good market, bad market, people buy and sell houses. The one thing that no one's talking about with everything that's going on is you have a huge national shortage of housing. So you're only going to experience so much pain because there's not enough fucking houses for people to live in. Well, the other thing you're looking at that, you know, people got to pay attention to is obviously the inflation, right? How much does it cost to fucking build a house right now, right? Okay. First, you got to find, you got to find the fucking land. And if you are able, lucky enough to find the land to buy that someone, you know, that's a good location. Dude, the cost of building a house is almost as much as fucking buying one now. So, you know, there's obviously that end of it too. But, you know, obviously a lot of people are there pointing at, you know, not just buying it, like the interest rates right now. I saw it's gone up like a half point in the last like week or two or something like that. So, how how do you guys go about that? How are you guys able to obviously as an invest, you know, running managing other people's money? How are you guys going about it to go to the bank to get the best possible rate? So it's a couple of things, right? Um, banks make money lending you money, and they've got to deploy. They have to deploy capital, right? So you can always negotiate any deal at any given time in real estate, and. The, the reality of it is, is it, it just comes down to you underwriting the deal. Cash flow is cash flow, right? So I think that like a lot of the national media and stuff is like, well, real estate sales dropped double digits the last quarter. And it's like, well, but the quarter that you're looking at before was up like fucking 300%. So it's not like they're not giving like real actual data. And if you had prices appreciate two, three hundred percent in the last couple of years, like if you have a double digit drop one quarter, like that's not that big of a deal, right? So well, there's also there's also not that many houses being sold because there's not that many fucking houses left to buy, too. So exactly. So I think that the reality of it is is that if you, you should underwrite a deal to hold it for a long period of time, right? And you underwrite the deal based on the current data that you have. So if you're going to keep it for a long period of time and someone else is paying your mortgage, the state of the market really should not matter to you, right? The only time that it really matters is like what we just experienced the last few years where you might sell a property because it appreciated so much, right? But at the same time, the you know keeping long-term cash producing assets is what wealthy people do right and yeah. so in the last you know where we just had this crazy ass run so like one of the things that i did instead of selling my properties and taking some huge ass capital gain 
I pulled equity out and went and bought more properties at a 3% interest rate that cash flow stupid and just created more cash flow and created more cash producing assets. And that's what wealthy people do. And it's crazy because there's there's so many people like, oh, you know, don't borrow against your house. Don't take out a mortgage. Get your house paid off. And, you know, I listen to these people talk and I'm like, you know, Dave Ramsey's ass is coming in my ears. You know what I mean? And I'm just like, what are you guys talking about? The, the borrowing money. Look at the inflation rate right now. Right. So if I get a fucking loan at three percent, but inflation's nine percent. Am I winning or losing on that deal? Right. Yeah. I mean, the thing about it is, is. <clears throat> you know velocity wealthy people velocity of money right is one of the ways to get wealthy and your money not being lazy uh listen i'm not going to ever tell someone not to pay your house off because there it is peace of mind and your house is paid off however if you live in a half a million dollar house as an example you completely pay it off that's essentially dead capital right and yeah, yeah it could appreciate and all that kind of shit, but you know, if you put a half a million dollars into assets that are paying you 15, 20%, um, that's how people, that's how you get wealthy. And if you did pay your house off, my suggestion would be if you get a decent rate, you take equity out of your property and invest it in stuff to get you more of a return. I mean, that's what every wealthy person that I know does. Yeah. So if you guys are thinking about it, you guys are thinking, man, what should I do? You heard the man invest more money right so so we got people obviously that are probably listening that are getting excited right like obviously i feel like a, i talk to a lot of people and they're always like i want to get into real estate i want to do this stuff you know well maybe they're not they don't want to be active right maybe they are business owners or maybe they're busy right they don't have time to go flip a house and rehab it do all that stuff um what would you think the, the easiest barrier to entry would be for someone that just say hey, i got you know maybe it's $25,000, $50,000 that they that they have disposable that they would like to invest. What would you think is the, the best, or the, I guess the easiest barrier to entry where they could feel comfortable? So before I answer that question, I want to go back to what we were just talking about because I think this is important. So what, what I think is we've all been taught about money wrong. And what I mean by this is you've been taught your whole life, make money, save money, put it in your bank account, right? Well, let's look at what a bank does. A bank takes the money that you have and they go and invest it. Like a bank does not make any money of having money sit. If you look at the bank's system to make money, banks all take money that's borrowed and invest it and then lend it out. And they try to get the velocity of money as fast as possible. That's how they make money. So the thing about it is, is that if you, you can't be stupid with your money, that's not what I'm saying, but if you do not invest your money, number one, to create passive income, you'll work to the day that you die. If you don't make money while you sleep, you'll work to the day you die. Number one. Number two, if all you do is save your money, right? Your money loses value every single day, right? And we're in an inflationary time. And if they're telling us inflation's 9%, it's probably like 18 or 20 because anything that I know is up way over 9% of, of, of its value, right? hundred percent. So, you know, the, the old adage of make money, save it, that's what we've been taught wrong about money. So you have to figure out how to invest your money if you truly want to be wealthy. One of the smartest people I ever met in my life 
that mentored me, one of the first things they taught me is you cannot save your way to wealth. You can't. You just can't do it, right? And that's, yeah. that's what we're always taught. So you have to invest your money to become wealthy. So second part of that is from real estate standpoint, I would start with either getting into something passive or just buying one one rental property in the market where you live. That's the two paths that I would go to. And neither one of those is going to create a huge amount of capital. And both of those, you can get someone else to manage it so it can truly be passive. Nice. So you guys are looking, you heard the man's, so if you guys are looking to get into this, you know, look around, right? How do you go about like finding deals though? Because you said, obviously there's a deal to be found in every market. Like, you know, talk about that a little bit. Like as, as an investor, what are you looking for uh, as, as a sign of that something might be a deal? Um, I mean, the good thing is about real estate, all the data exists. You know, you just look at what things have sold for. And I mean, we look, you know, we try to buy stuff. 25% is kind of our bare minimum off market value. Most assets we're buying are 40 to 60% off market value. Um, but those deals exist in any market. I mean, the last two years we were still buying houses in one of the craziest appreciations we've ever seen. We were still getting people to sell us assets 20 to 40% below market value. So but just how do you do that though? <laughs> how do you get someone like, especially now, like, I feel like, you know, it's like, uh, you know, he comes in with a piece of shit. He's like, I know what I got. You know what I mean? Like I, everybody's thinking that their thing's worth more than it is. How, how are you going about that? Well, it's motivation, right? And motivation, it's uh, finding people who don't have a mortgage on their property or they're they're in a situation where they got to move. Um, you know, they got to give some equity up because of convenience, whatever the case is. Uh, I mean, it's for me, I've seen, I've been in real estate a long time. I've seen 05, I've seen 08. I just saw what we went through. Every single market I've ever been in, I've always been able to find a deal because there's somebody that's always in trouble. There's somebody that always needs to sell their house fast. There's always estates. There's always people who have a shit ton of equity who like, you know, do creative financing or whatever the case is. There's a deal in every single market. Obviously, the two of the or two of the top five things that are being searched right now are obviously bankruptcy, how to file bankruptcy, and also how to pull out a home equity line of credit, which is usually a sign of something going on with the economy. So that's the same key terms that were searched in 0809 are being searched now. So I have a friend of mine who uses obviously he uses a lot of AI stuff, and I use a lot of AI inside my business to be able to find customers that are in the market for what I'm looking for. Uh, one of the things that I know he was doing, he's got he's able to look for those people that are searching those key terms pull that data, circle back around and be able to retarget people. Are you guys getting into anything like that or you guys just kind of do, do it organically? Yeah, no, I mean, we, we're marketing to all kinds of crazy data sets. Um, and I mean, the one thing is we've been doing it for so long, people know what we do. So, I mean, we just, we have a huge inbound and, you know, the people know that we have large amounts of capital that we can place all the time. So, we get the calls, right? So outside of the marketing that we're doing, again, going back to what I said earlier in the, in the conversation, you can't buy a track record. So yeah. the one thing that we've proved time and time again is if we put an asset under contract and we get through the diligence, we will settle. 
and people know that. So we get the call because people know we have the ability to execute. Yeah. And obviously it's, it's important. It's like anything else. Like, you know, even for me, when I'm looking for people to go invest in as far as businesses and stuff like that, we're looking for their track record. If you have a track record of success, like for me, like most people aren't scared to invest in me because they know that, Hey, Vic's going to take that, take that business and turn it into this. And the same thing happens over time. It takes time to build that. Uh, but eventually you do. So, if I am somebody that looks, I, I found a killer deal, right? Like, I feel like I got a good deal. I had this opportunity. Um, are those type of people, they, would they be able to reach out to you and say, hey, look, Brandon, you know, I got this. This is what I'm looking at. You know, I'm, would they, are those the type of people you're looking for uh, to invest into? So the, the only thing that, that we really do now is we only raise capital for our projects because we just, we have so many of them. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. um, the and we don't like one-off single families we don't really do too much of the only things that we really look at outside of our market are large apartment you know large apartment deals that's really kind of the only thing we look at or like um like you know large uh airbnbs like airbnb portfolios yeah. you know out, outside of that we don't we just we have so much deal flow we don't really look at anything else um most of what we do is people that connect with us it's because they want to put they want to place their capital with us to get in our deals i like it so if they are a listener and they are looking to get into doing some deals with you what what are the what would be the next steps like what would they said they reached out to you and said hey i got you know i'm looking in do some investment. Um, what kind of levels do you offer um, things like that for, for people that are coming to you? Yeah. So we have two ways. We have kind of a non-accredited way. Um, it's 50,000 is our minimum. Same with the accredited, uh, the non-accredited locks your money up for about 12 months. The accredited, it just depends on what fund and what we place you in. Um, and you know, the returns are really based on, you know, whatever the project is, you know, our one fund paid out 10% last year, or I'm sorry, last, last quarter. Um, and then again, to get the fund side, you got to be accredited. And a lot of people think that like accredited is like some designation that someone gives you. I mean, you just Google it and your accountant or your attorney should be able to look at your financials and say if you're accredited or not but it's not like some special like thing you got to go through. You just, when you get into a fund, somebody that does your finances just has to sign off and say that you are accredited. So the best thing is just reach out to me if the 50,000 is a threshold you're comfortable with, and then we can talk about which way to go. And the best way to get me is Facebook messenger. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, you're pretty responsive on there. Obviously, you know, reaching out to you, you're really easy to get a hold of. Um, obviously, he's someone that's willing to answer some questions. So maybe this guy, you know, maybe it's someone that wants to reach out to you. They don't have the 50,000 yet. They do plan on having it at some point. Um, are you okay with them reaching out, asking some questions or kind of just getting feelers out there or finding what's needed to to get into your fund? Yeah. And I mean, if you want to learn about real estate investing and and maybe the the investing with us is not the route you want to go, uh, we have a mastermind inside of Apex called Apex Investors, which is to teach people basically to do what we do. So that may be that may be something for you. The one thing that I can't do just because of time is people hit me up randomly online and they're like, 
hey, I want to pick your brain and can you and it's like I'm not yeah. an asshole or a dick, but it's like my attention goes to people that are in my groups or in my funds or or people that are my employees. Outside of that, you know, saying this as nice as I can, if you're not paying for my time, I can't help you. And, and there's nothing wrong with that, right? Just like anybody else. So how do they get into Apex Investors? How do they get into that group? Yeah. So um, first and foremost, you know, you mentioned earlier, I would encourage everyone to check out Apex, right? And just get to know that mastermind as a group because that's going to change your life if you get in it. And then if you want to get very focused on real estate specifically, just shoot me a message and I'll get you in touch with the folks that can help you get in that group and we can have a further conversation about it. Awesome. So everybody that is listening, if you guys haven't joined Apex, I've been part of Apex for a little over a year now. It's a great group of people. You know, not it's not just home service. It's not just, a, you know, in uh, real estate investing. It's a bunch of different people coming from a bunch of different backgrounds and they all come together and they're all part of this group and every single person there tries to work together, tries to, you know, obviously help each other grow. So if you guys haven't signed up, um, let me know. I could probably get you, get you with Ryan and get maybe get a special for all of our listeners to get, to get you guys at Apex. I know they just ended the uh, $3,000 for life package. So maybe I could talk to Ryan and figure something out if you guys message me before that. Uh, but when you guys get into Apex, obviously reach out to Brandon. Um, you know, he's a, obviously he's a wealth of knowledge. The guy knows what he's, what he's doing. Um, is there anything else you want to add on there, Brandon? Be, you know, if anybody that's listening, uh, that you suggested like something they should do today to help, you know, grow their life or grow their wealth. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's understand that you have to look at money differently, right? And you have to invest money and you, you know, don't do stupid shit. Like the reason why I like real estate is because I can touch it. I can feel it. It's never going to go to zero. And good market, bad market, it doesn't matter. It's always going to, if I get, if I'm fucked, I can always rent it for a certain amount of money. That's why I like it because it's safe. Um, I think sometimes in the investing world, people get caught up in like, well, I can get this, this fucking crazy return. Well, a lot of times when you're promised a crazy return, you also have that much of a downside, right? And yeah. you don't get into investing money to lose it. Right? And I've invested in a lot of different things. And the thing that has always performed the best for me is real estate. And I think it's one of the safest. No investment is safe. Don't get me wrong. But yeah. I just think it's one of the safest things you can put your money in, you know, for the for the reasons that I just named. And I think that a lot of people, when they start to learn about the investment world and get into it, um, like, don't fucking get enamored in the shiny object. Like, well, I can get 30% return or 40% return over here or this or that. Uh, there's so much risk in investing. You work super, super hard for your money. Don't fucking put it in dumb shit. Like, you got to learn how to invest. But, I mean, obviously, I have a jaded perspective, but real estate's one of the safest things I've ever seen. And one of the reasons why to give you like the a story to end this one of the reasons why I was fascinated with investing in real estate I used to live in New York City my friend's grandmother was a Vietnamese immigrant she came here from Vietnam in the 70s 
she cashed out of her portfolio was like a hundred million. She walked with a hundred million dollars. Okay. And she came to this country with no money, no understanding of our financial institutions or system or anything. She did not speak English very well. And she bought properties in New York and bought more properties and leveraged them and bought more properties. And she woke up one day and she had a portfolio worth $100 million. And I got to know her and it fascinated me. And the thing that I always went back to was here was someone who came from another country with no money and had no understanding of her financial system, didn't understand how money worked, didn't understand how real estate worked. And she got wealthy just by buying properties. And the only thing she did was bought them and held them for a long period of time. And that made her rich and not just rich. It made her wealthy. It made her generationally wealthy. So the crazy thing is anyone can fucking do it. If you just understand that if you're in it for the long haul and the history of real estate, it always fucking goes up. Yeah. Crazy market, down market, whatever. But patience as an investor is where you win. You guys heard it. So, you know, stop chasing your Bitcoin dollars every day. And I think that's the hardest point is like the barrier of entry. So everybody thinks like the barrier of entry to real estate is so difficult that they go invest in these other things that are easy to get into, but they're obviously volatile. So um, obviously look, guys, make sure that you're making safe investments. Make sure you guys are talking to the right people, making sure you guys are vetting anybody you're investing in. Because I've had a friend who invested, end up investing millions of dollars into something that ended up being a complete fucking scam. So this, this happened recently. He had a very big, big windfall of cash. I think he, he made tens of millions of dollars. He got caught in an investment. They gave him a 30% return, right? Right away, boom, he got 30% return. He's like, cool, let's reinvest it again. Reinvested it again, another 30% return. But they never realized those returns. It was returns on paper, right? And they said, hey, look, we got this other big deal we're going to do. So he went all in, you know, a couple million dollars. And then all of a sudden that thing fucking disappeared overnight and his money was gone. So make sure you guys, whoever you're investing with does have a track record. Make sure whoever you're investing in, you have vetted with them, vetted them. Make sure your contracts are in place. Make sure all that stuff's handled. But uh, more importantly, just look for something that's going to be obviously it's OK to have some risk investments, too. But make sure you guys have some safe long term investments uh, that are going to get you where you want to go, which is, you know, be able to be wealthy, be able to retire someday because that pension's not going to do it. Your 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 pay is not going to do it alone. Obviously, the inflation rates are insane. So figure out some stuff to invest in. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Brandon, I enjoyed having you on, man. It's it's pretty badass watching to see what you're doing. The other thing that's really impressive to see is the workouts, man. Like, you know, he's making money. And he's still taking care of his body every day, doing the things that are, you know, the hard things that people don't want to do. And I stress that enough on this podcast, man. It doesn't matter how much money you have. If you don't take care of your body, it ain't going to matter later. So that's pretty impressive to see too, man. Yeah, dude, I actually was, uh, went to the gym because uh, I got, I'm stacked the rest of the day. So I actually went to the gym before I got on here with you. Heck yeah, man. That's, that's good shit. You look, dude, you're freaking, you're like a freaking silverback gorilla looking man. He's looking, you big as you look big as shit online, man. And so I was like, God damn, but cool. Brandon, thanks for having, thanks for coming on. Thank you guys for listening to the profit to rocket or rocket to profit podcast. This was episode number nine. Brandon, thanks for coming on. Anything else you want to say before you jump off? No, man, I, I think we covered it, but I mean, dude, real estate will get you wealthy. Like understand it, learn it. It should be part of your portfolio. Don't be scared. Uh, like uh, shit last week, there was a guy, uh, Eastern European guy came to this country from Russia, um, had like a $160 million portfolio 
in a uh, mastermind that I was in and got into real estate like nine, 10 years ago. Again, no idea of our financial system from another country. Like it is one of the only asset classes where you can become wealthy and like you don't need this Harvard education or any of this crazy shit. You can fucking do it. And so many people have done it. It is a true path and key to wealth and don't be intimidated by it. Awesome. All right, guys, you guys have a great rest of your day. Thank you for tuning in. Brandon, I'll talk to you soon, man. Thanks, brother.